Okay, guys, I know y'all tuned into another episode today of Hot Takes with TP3. Before we get things started, um, we got a quick word from our sponsors. The first sponsor of today's episode is Prize Picks. I don't know if y'all are familiar or not with Prize Picks platform and how it works. If you download the app and you use promo code TP3BETS, you will receive a 100% instant match deposit of up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $100 back. Let's say you deposit $50, you get $50 back, and so on and so forth. Um, how it works, guys, you pick two to six players, and if they'll go over or under their projections, more or less, um, you get up to 25% or 25 times your money on that. Let's say tonight you want to pick Luka Doncic to go over 28.5 points, LeBron over 7.5 rebounds, Dalvin Cook over 86.5 rush yards, and let's say you want to go with Jameis Winston under 205 pass yards, something or other like that, guys. It offers a ton of sports. That means you can have NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football. The list goes on, on, and on. They even have tennis, NASCAR, Anything you could possibly want, it is on there. I promise, guys. Prize Picks is available in your state. Download the app to check and make sure it's in your state. Once again, use code TP3BETS. It takes about 60 seconds to pick everything and deposit. It's easy withdraw, easy deposit. Once again, use code TP3BETS if you want to sign up for Prize Picks. Guys, our second sponsor for today's podcast is Alloy Sports. Look, I know a lot of y'all have listened to our podcast for a long time, but y'all are probably wondering by now where I get my stats and trends from. Well, if you want to build winning systems and use trends and stats like I do, download the Alloy Sports app. The app, the link is in my bio on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at TP3Bets. Go click on it. Download it, guys. I promise, guys, it will help you guys bet like a pro. If y'all want to use the same trends and everything I do, download it now. Alloy Sports, once again, that's A-L-L-O-Y. S-P-O-R-T-S, Alloy Sports. Y'all go download it and give them a listen. How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland. I'm coming to you live on Thursday, January 5th, 2023. And, of course, I'm joined by none other than Ben Gorwitz. Ben. You ready to talk about this national championship game, man? I am. Always an exciting time of the year um, when you get the national championship game in, in the semifinal and all that. And, and we've already talked about the semifinal games, and they were fantastic. So hopefully we can get a nice ending uh, to, a, to a really fantastic college football season. And we've already seen some exciting transfers, too. So, uh, you know, my mind's starting, starting, starting to go to next season. You know, Notre Dame mm-hmm. has a new quarterback as of just a couple hours ago. Yeah, it's actually funny. I was literally just looking that on at that on Twitter as we hopped on here, although I already knew that was going to happen from a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we're still waiting on guys like Spencer Sanders to decide where he's going, uh, Brennan Armstrong, just name a couple of them off the top of my head. So it should be interesting to see where everybody ends up landing up. And at some point, guys, we will wrap up everything that's happened in this college football offseason as it is pretty crazy. But for now, Ben, let's get down to it, man. We're going to talk about the college football national championship game, give you our best bets. And then we're going to talk after that about um, NFL week 18, and then we're going to get out of here. So no further ado, Ben, let's jump into this thing. Before we talk about what wagers we like and why in this game, Ben, let's talk about it from each team's perspective here. Ben, what needs to happen in order for Georgia, or let's start with TCU. What needs to happen for TCU to come out here and win this game? I think TCU has got to find some, some balance in their offense. I think they whether you can be successful or not against Georgia, you can't mm-hmm. go into this game telling Max Duggan, you have to throw the ball 60 times. Yeah. Um, they got to find some balance, whether it's Duggan running the football, whether it's uh, Miller, uh, if, if he's able to play in this game, whether how much he's able to play in this game, 
I think they got to get creative in their run game. Um, so I'm not typically a fan when, when you know the other team is, is probably mm-hmm. a little bit more athletic than you, a little bit more team speed. Uh, and Georgia's linebackers have some serious speed. I usually would say to avoid lateral running. Um, okay. I, I think TCU should avoid screen passes because screen passes, you miss one block, second and 13. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to be in those situations. You don't want to be in – in third and 11, you, you, you'd rather be third and five and shorter. So I would avoid any kind of lateral play you can do. The only one I would possibly run are jet sweeps. And, and if they don't work in the first quarter, I'd throw them out of the playbook. So I think they got to get creative in their run game um, to try to set up. Georgia knows they're trying to throw the ball downfield. TCU's done it all year and they've been successful on it. That's on film and, and TCU is facing uh, as of right now, the the best defensive minds we have in football in Kirby Smart and his supportive staff on defense. So yeah. I think they got to get creative in play calling. I don't think they can show up and think that they're going to throw the ball downfield for four mm-hmm. quarters like they did on Michigan. Um, but at the same time, as creative as I think they should get, I think you got to stay true to yourself. I think you have to put the ball in Duggan's hands and say, try to win us this game. He's gotten you to this point. If he throws the ball 45 times a game, throw the ball about 45 to 50 times a game. I think they should play their brand of football until Georgia makes them change it. And I think the only way TCU would have to change their game is if they're down about three scores. Yeah, I, I like where your head's at. Thing is, Kendra Miller is going to be banged up in this game. I expect Duggan to run the ball a lot. Honestly, I think they need to do a lot of what they did against Michigan, you know, where they really, like, moved their pocket over. It looks yeah. like they shifted the pocket a lot. I think TCU is going to be able to make Georgia throw the football and be more one-dimensional than running the ball. I mean, Michigan is a better offensive line than Georgia does, and they're able to blow them up for the majority of that. So I think they need to move their pocket and let Max Duggan, you know, kind of move around a little bit. We saw C.J. Stroud move around and buy time and get his receivers open. I think that they can do the same thing. I actually think Ringo matches up decently well on um on Johnson. I think that on Quentin Johnston, I think he like that he really struggles with like stop and go speed like Marvin Harrison has, rather than a big physical receiver like Johnston is. I think James Williams was that stop and go speed too. Exactly, and he torched him. So it's kind of the same thing, you know. I feel like it's a little bit better of a matchup here for him. Ultimately, though, I think TCU, I mean, Georgia's defense grades out pretty well at everything. They haven't been as good lately. I think the fact this game's played indoors, I mean, well, it's technically a pavilion, but it's pretty much indoors. And the fact that TCU is what they have been on offense, I think they're going to be able to put some points up here in this game. And I think ultimately, though, you know, they're going to have to find something on offense in order to be able to hang around here in this game. Because the flip side of things for Georgia here, I think Georgia just needs to come out and do what TCU is going to want them to do one of the two things. I think that they're going to be able to pass more because, I mean, they really stuffed Michigan running the ball. I think Georgia's going to need to spread it out and pass, which Stetson Bennett is perfectly fine doing. I think they're going to let him run around a little bit and try to create with his legs. I mean, think about it this way, Ben. TCU got two goal line stops. They had two pick sixes, and they still only won the game by a, by a touchdown. So, I mean, I'm not trying to discredit TCU and what they did. I mean, they played a hell of a game last game. I think that Georgia's going to come out here, and I think that there's a reason why this game's a 13-and-a-half-point spread. I think Georgia's going to be able to get and do what they want to do. Yeah, I mean, um, Georgia's pass defense, it's it's 50th in the country. It's not what they were last year. 
Last no, year they were not. pretty much top ten in every single category you can find. Um, I'm not saying that's a weakness of Georgia because we haven't really seen that many teams. Tennessee didn't really throw all over Georgia, but LSU and Ohio State did. Um, so yeah, I think Georgia knows that TCU's. Uh, everyone knows TCU's biggest strength is throwing the ball, specifically mm-hmm. throwing the ball downfield. And I think everyone knows at this point, the past two games, Georgia's let up a lot of throws downfield on offense. But that's not how this game's going to play out. TCU is not going to connect on as many downfield plays like they did against Michigan on Georgia. I I just don't believe that. So I think they're going to have to find ways to move the sticks. They're going to do it in the pass game. Don't get me wrong. They need to be a little bit more selective throwing the ball down the field. You don't want to get in a game where you're just chucking the ball up because then you're third and ten. Mm-hmm. Then everyone knows you're throwing the ball, and Georgia can get very creative in the way that they blitz. They do a lot of stunts on defense. Yep. TCU's offensive line is going to have to be uh, very strong in their communicative game, uh, or communicating, I should say. But like my like, so right now this is one of the largest spreads I could find in a national championship game. Um, I looked back to find what Alabama. Uh, Notre Dame was back in 2012. That was 10. This started at 13 and a half. It's down Man, to 12 Man, I, I wish we were on a sports book back then. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, so that was an interesting – I made this comment last podcast. So that so 2012 was an interesting year because Georgia um, played Alabama in the SEC championship game, came down to the, to the wire. I think a lot of people – I think pretty much everyone in the country outside of South Bend, Indiana um, – believe that whoever won the SEC championship game was going to thump Notre Dame in Alabama yeah. thumped them. It was like 42 zero at one point. I forget what the final score was. I feel like Notre Dame did score at the end, but I think Georgia would have done the same thing. I think I, my original comment was this kind of reminds me of that year, meaning the winner of Georgia, Ohio state would probably be a big spread against TCU. I don't know if Ohio state, I don't think they'd be a 13 and a half point spread. I think it, Definitely I think not. it'd be around nine to 10. I think it'd still be close to double I digits, but that game, that game is TCU style of football. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They play almost the same style of football. I think TCU throws the ball downfield a little bit more than Ohio State does, but Ohio State definitely throws it more than they run it, especially with Travion Henderson being out and Mayan Williams. Uh, you know, being in and out with the stomach bug and all that. This game, this game just doesn't match up as well for TCU. But it's who they have to play. I think they can score on Georgia. I really do think they can. I just don't know if they can do enough. And I don't know if they can get enough stops. I don't think Georgia's scoring every single possession. I really don't. I don't think it's going to be like Ohio State, Notre Dame, where it doesn't even look like yeah. Notre Dame belongs on the field. I think TCU does belong on the field. Same. But the spread is certainly telling. Absolutely. So Georgia is on court. This is according to PFF power rankings. They have Georgia 38 and a half points better than an average team. They have TCU 21 and a half points or 21.3 points better than an average team. So take that for what it's worth. But they have Ohio State at 27.3, TCU at 21.3. So I would say Ohio State would probably be like the same thing Michigan was at minus seven and a half against them. Yeah. I I think that's a comfortable game for TCU. 
I really do. I'm not Same. saying I know they would win, but I, I would certainly take TCU in the spread and TCU Same. money line in that game. I just don't think I can ride the Horn Frogs in this game. Yeah, money did come in on the Horn Frogs. They were opened at 13 and a half. They went to 13. Now they're at 12 and a half. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see money come back on the dogs and take this spread back to 14 and a half. There's a lot of time my, left on there. Ben, my action network's telling me the bet percentage is 84% TCU. Yeah, exactly. Everybody sees the double digits and sees that. I mean, and the number is not moving really. It moved the mm -hmm. point. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, Ben. Let's. What do you What do you think? What What is your recommended best bet for this game, and why? If you're not playing anything, what, I I'm not. Yeah, this is not going to be an official play, but we do give plays on this podcast. What's What's the total at right now? It's been It's been back and forth. Back to sixty two and a half. Yeah, I, I would take the over. Um, I think if TCU can get you at the three touchdown mark or a little above, um. That's the 21 point mark. I, I think Georgia can do the rest. I, I, I really do. So if TCU scores 24 points, that means you need Georgia to score 39. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's certainly possible in this game. I, I, if I was going to play anything, if I decide to play anything at a later date, it's just going to be the over. Um, I did have a friend tell me one time that, uh, it was kind of, it's kind of a funny strategy, but it, it can work. Uh, so he's an Alabama fan. Yeah. And when Alabama played George in the national championship, he put, you know, a hundred dollars or whatever he put mm -hmm. on Georgia. And I said, well, why would you do that? Don't you hate the dogs? He said, yeah, but if the dogs are going to win, I want to make money off of it. And if I lose a hundred bucks and Alabama wins, I'll take that trade every single time. I was like, you know what? That's not bad. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not a bad idea at all. I don't feel like, Hey, if you got the hundred dollars to lose, I definitely don't hate that idea That's at all. That's what I'm that. saying. I was yeah. like, "Did you have a good, you know, Christmas, or did you have a good Christmas bonus at work?" He's like, "You know," I was just kind of <laughs> joking with him. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah. So I see the matchup the same way. I see this going over. I think college football games that are played indoors always a lot faster track. Um, I think that each one of these teams are going to kind of try to take the run away from the other, meaning they're going to pass more. I mean, Georgia's like we said, Georgia's secondary isn't is very susceptible to big plays down the field. Also, their pass rush, I mean, they don't get home as much as you think they would. Duggan's going to run the ball a lot. I did extensive research, guys, because I've been big in the prize picks with these college players. Max Duggan in the bigger games or his pass yards struggle, he runs the ball a ton. I expect him to tuck it and run a lot in this game. And CJ I think Stroud had success doing it. Exactly. I think Stetson Bennett will run the ball a lot, too. I've, I'm in the same boat as you, Ben. I actually have the final score. I'm projecting it to be 54 to 49 for the dogs and 24 points for TCU. I think TCU will score some and get theirs. I think this game will be close at first, but I think there's going to be a point in time where there's going to be some turnovers and Georgia kind of runs away with this thing. I mean, TCU's played a, had a hell of a season, though. They played some great games. I just don't see how this game doesn't over, go over. I think they finished somewhere in the 70s. Yeah, I, I think the most important thing for Duggan is um... – Forcing the ball if you get behind mm -hmm. can't be in your game. You, you got to be willing to throw the ball away, uh, or obviously trying to run outside of the pocket. But if nothing's there, you, you, you can't, you can't sit in the pocket, force mm -hmm. a throw, and take a big hit. Because Georgia may not be great at sacking the quarterback like they were last year, but they definitely affect the quarterback. They they put hits on the quarterback. They put hands in your face. Um, he's, he's gotta be willing. He can't be rolling out to his right, getting close to the sideline and just 
one of those chuck it up plays. He's got to throw the ball away early in the game. I know his defense may not be that trustworthy, but you just can't give Georgia a short field. You got to make him go 70 yards on you. And I think Georgia can, but you got to give your defense a little bit of a chance in this game. I think if Georgia's getting short field, if they, if Georgia goes up early and TCU gets to a point in the first half where they're just going for it on every fourth down, this game's getting really ugly at this point. For sure. I think it I think it will get to some point where TCU's got to get desperate and start chucking around and whatnot. And that's what I think Georgia's really gonna have yeah, but if it's to pull in the, away. But if it's in mid to late third quarter, fourth quarter versus first half, that that's a difference in ball game there. If you're going for it on fourth downs because you're getting behind you're down, mm-hmm. let's say they're down 14 and they 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 haven't stopped Georgia once. Like you go for it on the short side, uh, on your own side of the 50, and you go down 21, and you don't get it, obviously. You mm-hmm. go down 21 at that point, that game's I'm not, it's not over. TCU's the comeback kings of 2022. They are. But it's, it's, it's over. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. It may not be officially over, but it's over. No, I'm I'm 100% with you on that one. I think this is the, you know, TCU's kind of been that Cinderella story, man. If we've learned anything in college sports, every Cinderella's luck runs out at some point. Um, but I mean, hats off to TCU, man. They played; they had a hell of a um, season this year. And let's uh, let's uh, move things that have been to the NFL here. We have NFL Week 18. I will say, guys, I hate betting NFL Week 18. Here I am though with four bets. I wanted to play five, but I played four instead. So probably not doing any max bets. I did all one unit on all these. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'll start us off with the first bet, then I'll give Ben the next one. Um, Ben, I know you have the same pick I have for the first one. So I'll start things out on Saturday night, Saturday. We have the Tennessee Titans playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. The second game of a two leg Saturday day. The Titans are gonna be on the road in this game, catching six and a half. And I'm taking the points here with the Titans. I mean, this feels like an all time buy buy low, sell high spot on both these teams. I mean, Jacksonville has been hot. Everybody's all over them now. Everybody loves to see him trending up. Trevor Lawrence trending up, having some of the biggest games of his career. The Jacksonville defense is playing well. The Titans, on the other hand, guys, they come in here losers of four straight. They're the first team actually to drop their four four their last four games going into the last week of the season and still have a chance to win the division, which is crazy. But Vrabel's 11 and three against the spread as a dog of five or more. On top of that, they're off 10 days or nine days rest because they last played on Thursday and they basically rested all their key players. So this is basically like a bye week, essentially, for the Titans key players. Um, and it's also going to be the first time they've had this many key players healthy on the defensive side of the ball. Derrick Henry's going to be healthy. Josh Dobbs is going to be playing quarterback. I think Dobbs is an upgrade over Willis. I think he's going to unlock Trelon Burks in this game. I think the Titans are going to give him all they got with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry actually averages over 100 yards rushing versus individual opponents. I think this game stays close, and I think the Jags will win the game on like a field goal or by a field goal. Either Dobbs turns it over on a late-game drive or the Jags drive down and kick a field goal to end the game. Therefore, I'm taking plus six and a half in a game I think that's going to come down to a field goal. Yeah, so I'm like you. Um, I don't like betting on week 18. Um, People sit out. Coaches say they're Mm going to play players, and they pull them at halftime. Um, It's tough. Uh, I got one play this week. I said I'm going to do less parlays in 2023. Uh, I'm going to do one here just because it's fun. Um. But I promise I am getting more disciplined going into the next football season. I'm going to do a money line parlay. Okay. I'm going to do three three teams. I'm going to do Packers, Colts, and Steelers. 
the they the the three teams that they play are the Browns, Texans, and Lions. Um, Steelers play the Browns, I believe. Colts yeah, play Steelers the, play the Browns. Colts play the Texans, and Packers play the Lions. I believe mm-hmm. I have that correct. Yeah, so that's gonna be my only play. Um, Steelers, Colts, Packers, moneyline parlay. Um, it, it, the odds are gonna be different on everyone's book. There are three favorites. I think two of them are minus one fifty, and I think the line, or I think the Packers are the bigger favorite there. Just kind of my reasoning. Um, the Texans pretty much like their ownership should be forcing their players to lose this. Like their ownership should mm-hmm. behind the scenes say, "I am going to give everyone here." A end of the new year, a, a new year bonus if you lose this game. Because if they lose this game, they're automatically getting the number one pick. If they win this game and the Bears lose, the Bears will get the number one pick. That would be a disaster. Not that there's that much of a difference between number one and number two, but if you're the Texans and you want a quarterback, you're not getting your top. I, I think a quarterback's going one. I, I think it's going to be Bryce Young in this draft. I think if the Texans want Bryce Young, I think they have to lose this game. But I don't like Jeff Saturday, and I don't like Sam Ellinger. So the fact that I think a lot of people are going to think the Texans are going to treat this like a Bush League game where they're mm-hmm. resting a bunch of people, the spread hasn't moved from two and a half. That's how bad the Colts are at coaching. That's how bad the Colts are at playing. Just give me the money line. The Packers, hottest. I mean, one of the hottest teams in football. Um, the Lions could be eliminated before this game even starts. The Packers do need to win this game. Um, so that's why I like it there. And the Steelers, Steelers, I'm a big Kenny Pickett fan. Uh, back to back game winning, back to back game winning drives. Think Tomlin and the boys are rolling defense. I said it, and you said it from the moment Minka Fitzpatrick and and uh, TJ Watt got activated in the same mm-hmm. game. We looked at each other and said, "This is where the Steelers can turn it around and they can get some wins here." Those two, I, what I think I said. I don't know if there's teams out there that can activate two players. That that were obviously heard at the time. Yeah, that can make more of a difference than T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick can do for the Steelers, and it has turned out true because the Minka Fitzpatrick is one of the biggest ball hawks in the NFL at the safety position. He's, I mean, I'm a little biased because he's a Bama guy. I think he's the best safety in football. T.J. Watt, however you want to spin it, he's the first or he's the best or second best. Uh, edge rusher in the NFL, getting to the quarterback, and he sets it up for everyone else. Cam Hayward plays better when D.J. Watt's in there. The linebackers are better uh, against the run when T.J. Watt's in there, and it's harder to throw the ball um, when, when Micah Fitzpatrick's in the secondary. So I like the Steelers, I like the Colts, and I like the Packers, and I'm just going to do a three-team money line parlay. I like where your head's at, Ben. Um, I'm on two of these out of the three that he just said. I'm also rocking with the Colts minus two and a half. Look, you might say both these teams need to tank to lose for the divisional spot. I think Jeff Saturday is going to want to come out here and win a little bit more. Also, too, like you said, he knows he's not the coach next year. Yeah, the Texans have got to be doing everything they can here to lose this and get the first overall pick. On top of that, let's go back to a trend that we used a while back. Our boy Jerome Boger, he's now 21 and three straight up for divisional home teams when he's the head ref, aka the Colts in the spot. He called that's against the call, spread or straight up? That's straight up. Oof. So that bodes very well for you. And with it being that close, I would have said screw it and took the spread. I'm not I'm Who, not who's playing quarterback for the Texans. Do we know? Um Kyle Allen will be playing quarterback for the Texans. Kyle Allen versus Sam Ellinger. That might be the worst modern quarterback matchup, excluding COVID matchups. So who's is, uh Nathan Peterman starting? Who are they playing? 
The Bears, they're playing the Vikings. Yeah, no, guys, I, y'all know I love <laughs> betting against the Vikings. I'm not doing it this week. I'm good on all that. Um, I can't believe they, Nathan Peterman is still getting chances. No, I know. I'm with you 100% on that. It is insane. But, uh, well, they technically had Trevor Simeon as their backup, but he's hurt. So Fair. now it's – yeah, so they're based on their third Not strength. that he's better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're not debating Nathan Betterman on this podcast. <laughs> um. Let's move though to the or to my next pick here. I already gave out Titans, Colts. Next one here. This is one I was texting Ben about trying to get him to hop on board. If I can't blame him for passing, I gotta do it though. Give me the Giants plus 14 at the Eagles. The Giants are six and one ATS in their last seven against Philly, but this is not not why I'm on it. So I listened to a podcast and did a little bit more reading and digging on my own. So during the COVID year, I don't know if you guys remember, the Commanders and the Giants both sat at um, six and both sat at uh, I don't remember if it was six and ten or what it was basically, but both teams had to win to get into the playoffs. The Commanders won, the Giants lost, and the reason why the Giant why the Commanders won was because the Eagles are beating them in the fourth quarter, and they subbed in Nate Sudfeld for Jalen Hurts to come play quarterback and essentially tanked the game. Every single person in the Giants organization was pissed off. They were all furious. There's a million quotes for it. So that's one reason right there. This is their chance to get back at the Eagles when they have something to play for and they have nothing to play for. Our other reason here is Dayball said he talked to Tom Coughlin and he told him about how the, that year when they played the Patriots and they went to the Super Bowl and they ended up beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl. They think playing their players in a meaningless game in week 17 when the Patriots were undefeated was what gave them the momentum to go on that big time playoff run. And on top of that, this is a direct quote from Dayball when asked if he's going to rest players. He said, you get to rest after this season. It's a long season. This is the fun part of the season. It's the fun part of the season when you're winning. It's the bad part of the season when you're losing. Therefore, that tells me that regardless if he plays every single starter the whole game, he's going to coach everybody hard, keeping it inside 17 points in a game where I don't think Jalen Hurts wants to run the ball that much. I got to take the 14. But why is it 14? If he if he has come out and said mm-hmm. his starters are at least starting this game, they may come out, but they're starting this game, this spread would never be 14. I'm it wouldn't with even you on be close that. to 14. It'd be single digits probably. Yeah, that's why, I mean, if you're scared, maybe take it in the first half. I'm just gonna go ahead and take the full game, see what happens here. So the Eagles- like I'll tell you what I I think say I I think the Giants are idiotic if Saquon Barkley steps on this field, a guy with as much injury yeah. history as he has, a, a guy where the talent is if he is not playing, the Giants do not have a prayer in the postseason because Daniel Jones is such a good runner because he does these bootlegs and read options because everyone goes to Saquon Barkley. If you can't run the football, that takes away Daniel Jones's legs, and he is not beating people with his arm in the playoffs. He's not going to do it. That's not the type of quarterback he is, and that's okay. The Giants have figured out a formula with Daniel Jones. That's why I think he's going to get signed. They figured it out, how to win games with Daniel Jones. The answer to that is by having a balanced running attack and giving him the play-action game. And I don't think the Giants are necessarily – going to sign Saquon long-term because we know Mm. what running backs do when they get that contract, but they're going to bring in a guy that can run the football and help Daniel Jones because with not, then Daniel Jones is the same quarterback we always thought he was. Well, there was that story that leaked. I don't remember if I sent it to you or not, but they basically said that the Giants plan on giving Jones and Barkley long-term contracts. So, but yeah, we'll definitely see if that money is what Saquon wants. You know, they could short him and he could walk and get it somewhere else. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, Um, I just, I I feel like... 
Vegas would switch this line if they were confident that these guys were playing. Fair enough. I don't know. I'm going I'm to ride with it, though. I mean, Do we know – is there a way to look up what the spread would have been when they played in New York? Yeah, the spread was 11 when they played in New York. Or wait, was it 11? Let me double check that. So I, like, if that's as of right now, played, then 14 would make sense. I find it hard to believe that this wouldn't be around an eight point spread. My projections have it at 10.4. That is so much higher. Are the Eagles with a banged up Jalen Hurts that much better than the giant starters at this the point? The spread was seven in New, in, uh, New York. Yeah. So double that is what we have now. And, and you're saying the giant starters are playing? I find that hard to believe. Um, wait, say that again. You said it was seven. That means the spread is now doubled, and you're saying the giant starters are playing, but that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I also think though too, because I mean they haven't made the official announcement yet. They will on Friday. I also think on Friday, you know, if they announce them out, the spread might go to like fourteen and a half. And if they announce them in, the spread's going to go back down to probably ten. If I had to guess, that's so, fair. That's fair. So it, I mean, ultimately. It is gambling for a reason, but um, I would say if you think they're going to play, fourteen is the best number you're going to get. Yeah, if I you are un- if you are unsure what to believe, I would not play it right now. Ben, you know what they say, right? If you're scared, go to church. <laughs> <laughs> scared I'm, money don't make money. I'm firing. Yeah, scared money don't make no money. If you're scared, go to church. I'm firing. Um, last game for me on the board. I'm going back to another one. Ben had the Packers minus the four and a half. I'm just gonna go ahead and lay it here. Ben is trend that you're going to love here. The Packers are 28 and four straight up playing in December or January with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Um, I, I personally think the lions are going to be eliminated by kickoff. I mean, just the fact the Seahawks are minus six and a half right now versus the Rams. I think the Seahawks will end up getting it done. I don't know if they're going to cover necessarily. I was very close to playing the Rams ATS, but Think they're gonna cut. I think they're gonna win the game outright. Therefore, the Lions will have nothing to play for. Therefore, I think the spread will go to like I think this spread will close like six. And so I think there's value to go ahead and grab it now. Also, Jared Goff, all those stats, he's the 1 p.m. king. This is a dome team playing the frigid cold temperatures of Lambeau at night, the best home field advantage in all of the NFL. I gotta back the Packers there with that. I will say though, if the Seahawks do lose, the spread's gonna go down to like minus three. Yeah. For so sure. did you get did you get it at four? I took four and a half. I mean, that's four what the okay. yeah, that was the only number I could find out when I took it. So I'm just gonna ride with the four and a half. I do think Seahawks will win this get will win that game. So ultimately I think this game's gonna close at six. So I would go I mean, if you wanna if you think Seattle's gonna lose, then I would wait. If you think Seattle's gonna win, then I would go ahead and take it like I did. So so let's just talk playoff picture real quick. Okay. okay. Where is Seattle at right now? Are they in the wild card if they win? Seattle has to – if they, they win, Green Bay has to lose. Green Bay has a tiebreaker against them. Okay, so that's not happening. Because yeah. if Seattle wins, the Lions are eliminated. No, yeah, if Seattle wins, the Lions are eliminated. And if the and and if the Lions – but if the Lions still win a meaningless game, then Seattle gets in. Okay. But if, if the Seattle loses, then the winner of the Lions and the Packers goes to the playoffs. Okay, so let's talk one seed in the NFC. Okay. As of as of right now, it can be the Eagles, mm-hmm. it can be the Cowboys, mm-hmm. and it can be the Vikings. And I, no, the 49ers right now are above the 49ers. Vikings due to a tiebreaker. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say, do we know what is the tiebreaker? Because I looked and they did not play each other. Yeah, I'll tell you what the tiebreaker is. I'm pulling it up now. 
because so I was looking earlier. The Vikings lost to the Eagles and Cowboys in the regular season. Yeah. So it means the Vikings this week, in terms of seeding, are fighting for the three or the the four. Is that correct? So if Minnesota everyone would be everyone's above Tampa Bay. Yes, Tampa Bay in terms of division no, winners. Yeah, yeah, Tampa Bay moves nowhere. Technically, if San Francisco, if San Francisco, so the Vikings don't win any tiebreakers. So. Basically, San Francisco and the Vi- yeah the Vikings are locked in at three actually because I don't think they can win any tiebreakers because they can't because even if the Eagles were to lose and same thing with the Cowboys were and if the Cowboys win, but the if Eagles- the forty if the if the Vikings win and Forty ers win doesn't that mean the forty oh the, that means San Fran gets the two? Yeah, actually no, San Fran would go to the one if everybody loses because San Fran has okay. so the tiebreaker is best conference win percentage. San Francisco's nine and two in the conference. Everybody, all these other teams are the Vikings are seven and four. The other two are Cowboys and Eagles are both eight and three. So they would have a better conference win percentage than everyone. So San Francisco would win the tiebreaker. All right. So this is how I think it's gonna play out in the in the NFC. Okay. I think the Eagles get the one seed. Okay. I think the 49ers get the two. Okay. I think the Vikings get the three. Tampa Bay obviously gets the fourth, mm-hmm. uh, with the being the fourth division winner. And then after that, the order would go in the wild card, it would go Dallas, uh the New York or Giants. Yeah, the G Men are can't move anywhere. And then I think it's gonna be Green Bay. Same, unfortunately. So that would mean so that would mean the the number one wild card team, which is Dallas, would play the worst division winner. Is that correct? Yes. Dallas would play Tampa Bay. That's a favorable matchup for Dallas. Yeah. That's a favorable matchup for everybody. The, the Giants. That means they would play the Vikings. Yes. I don't think that's a favorable matchup for the Vikings. Same. Um, and that means Green Bay would play San Francisco. San Francisco. I don't know if that favors either team. Well, Green Bay, remember, is ranked 29th against the run, but they're first against the pass. So I think San Francisco would run that football all over of them like it's nobody's business. Right, but there wouldn't be a hotter team in football than, than Green Bay at that point. I guess Seattle, or I guess San Fran would also be, but... But think about it this way. Green Bay had a miracle comeback against the Dolphins because Tua got hurt. All their other wins are against... I mean, I'm... I... I hate being the guy to say the Vikings are garbage because of their record, but I mean, I've been the guy, so fuck it. The Vikings are garbage. They, In my opinion, they haven't beat a real team this entire run. So there's there's two teams that I think could make the wild card that I think are going to have... Well, it depends. Let's talk about the AFC real quick. The AFC is a little confusing, okay? Let's mm. say the Bills and Bengals don't finish up. Uh, yeah. or don't, don't start over that game, which it does not sound like they're going to. Are the Bills still the favorite to get the one seed because they beat Kansas City head-to-head? No, Kansas City's going to have one more win than them and a higher win percentage. Damn, so not playing that game, I guess you're right, that would hurt them. Yeah. It, there's you... two There's two wildcard teams. I guess it would depend on who this AFC wildcard mm. team that I have in mind can sneak up on some teams. I'm not saying go to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying go to the AFC Championship. I'm not saying go to the NFC Championship. You're talking about my Chargers? No. Oh. I'm talking about the the Giants in the NFC. Okay. If they play the Vikings, I think they can win that game, even if it's in Minnesota. I really do. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars can surprise the team. I really do. I don't know. I think the Chargers will drag them first round. Here's the here's the thing. 
the Jaguars are one of the best NFL teams in total sacks this year. Interesting. Here's where they're horrible. They can't tackle. They're like 29th in tackling in the NFL. So I think that's that's obviously a negative if you yeah. can't tackle someone. But if you can get to Justin Herbert, you Not can hard. you can turn the you can have uh, Herbert turn the ball over. Yeah. In Jacksonville's offense, I think is very comfortable like TCU mm-hmm. in a high scoring track meet game because they have the running backs, they have the quarterback, they have the receivers, and they damn sure have the coaching and Doug Peterson. Well, the Chargers defense has turned the corner lately, Ben. Chargers they have, were... but I'm not trusting Staley in a playoff game. Fair enough. I yeah. can't. I definitely can't argue against that. I'm not saying they're AFC championship good. I am saying if there is a upset mm-hmm. in the AFC, I feel like I don't see the the uh, Chiefs getting upset. I feel like I don't necessarily see the Bengals getting upset. The Bills. I don't want to speculate on the Bills. I think the Bills are going to have a tough road. Um, I, I think mentally, even though we've gotten uh, very positive updates um, with DeMar Hamlin, which is yeah. tremendous to hear. Mentally, that's that's going to be tough to get over. I think even though they, they have heard he's doing better, um, I think it's tough. I, I think you want to go win for him, but I think it, it's tough to get that off your mind. Um you know, you can lose focus in preparation weeks. But I don't see them getting upset in round one. But if there's a team, if there's a if there's a team that could get upset, it's the Chargers compared to the Bengals, Chiefs, and Bills, in my opinion. We'll have to uh table that debate for another day, Ben, because you know how I feel about the Chargers. Who's the so the AFC division winners would be the Bengals? Bengals, uh, Bills, be, it could Kansas be the, City, and it could be the Jags or Tennessee. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. That's interesting. I agree. Um, Ben, we are running out of time on here, so I say we go ahead and hop off, but we will be back next week, guys, on Tuesday to recap the national championship and lay out for you all the NFL playoff picture. Ben, anything else from you before we get out of here? Go Frogs. Ben's holding up the frog logo for those of you all who can't see. We appreciate everybody tuned in, and we'll talk to you all again soon.